1: Welcome to the DFS Podcast Friday edition for this weekend's NFL games. Hi there, football fans. I'm Paul Bruno, and I'm back from a two-week absence. I invite you to follow me at StatsMan22. Joining me, as usual, is John McKechnie, who's a busy guy and a great follower at Johnny McKecks. Well, John, I'm happy to be back with you, and look forward to getting into our show. We're down to the last few weeks in the NFL season, and our own rodeo wire Vegas league as well. So we, so we know, know the, stakes the stakes are high for our listeners, listeners who are primed for their own upcoming playoffs and season-long leagues, as, as well as the, well the usual array of weekly games today. at FanDuel. Uh, as I, I was saying, I was away in Florida for the last couple of weeks, stunning and uh, having fun with, uh, with my wife down there for, uh, right by the Gulf Shores, and uh, had, had the opportunity to be down there during the Thanksgiving week as well. It was kind of interesting to see how the locals celebrate there. How was your holiday, John?
2: It was great. It wasn't uh, wasn't as scenic as going down to Florida. I went to you know went to Maryland and spent part of it in Baltimore. So you know, not quite the scenery that, that you were experiencing, but it was good nonetheless to be back. Uh, I always enjoy get, getting back there when I can. Uh, We went up to Baltimore for the day on Thanksgiving. Then on Sunday, we went to the game, got to see Justin Tucker kick all those 50-yard field goals. So, you know, that was a pretty good week I had up there, but uh, I'm glad to be back in Madison now.
1: Boy, Thanksgiving is is as big a deal as Christmas for Americans, isn't it, in in some cases?
2: Yeah, any opportunity that we get to overeat it justifiably, uh, we're going to take it.
1: That's something that's kind of foreign here in Canada, Christmas... Trump's Thanksgiving, ours is about a month earlier than yours, but uh, we do the turkey thing about a month earlier in early October, and uh, it's probably as cold uh, up here at that time as it is down there by you right now, so I guess they keep it level that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, it's Friday, and that means we get to put a bow on Rotowire's weekly series of position-based pods, where we take a look at the kicker options and then come up with our best recommendations for full lineups as John and I share our top picks at each position. These choices will make up our FanDuel rosters for this week's games. But first, let's take a look at last night's Thursday night tilt. What were your impressions of the Cowboys versus Vikings last night, John?
2: Well, first of all, uh, you know, I was pretty distracted by the Vikings' uh, uniforms that kind of look like Grimace from from like the McDonald's (laughs) cartoons, you know, all of them. It was pretty ridiculous looking, pretty distracting. But I guess it distracted me from what was a pretty ugly game on both sides. I think you can admit that your Cowboys definitely didn't bring their A game last night. Kind of were able to escape with a win on the road there uh, while also kind of pushing Minnesota further and further back and making their playoff chances even longer
1: yeah i think if you have to look at the stats and and see uh the box score the only guy who really delivered what might be expected of him is one des bryant and that was because of a long early uh, uh, catch that he made for about 50 yards and then he scored uh, later in the game so that 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 made me happy because i've got him in my vegas league roster and i got about 15 points out of him so that was that's about what you expect in a good week from from him but i i'd be hard-pressed to point out anybody else who delivered anything close to what you expect, including uh, Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, he did score as well, but uh, the the rushing yardage total was down from what you might expect. I think we saw the Minnesota Vikings dial up their defense and... uh, they gave the Cowboys all they can handle, and you can make a case that they might still be playing this game because of a bad call on the two-point conversion. I'll admit that uh, I think there should have been a penalty called against the Cowboy lineman for hitting uh, the the Bikes quarterback in the head when they made that attempt, and they right. should have had a do-over, but it was missed. And uh, hey, we'll we'll skulk out of there, and, and the Cowboys are eleven and one, and nobody's going to care you go. from now. I'm pretty happy about that. <laughs> right. Well, let's take a look now around the league, John, and some of the headlines. It seems we talked about. About, uh, Gronkowski a few weeks you and I but there's more news around him as he's going under the knife I didn't like the way the Pats looked last week with him in the lineup although limited uh, in capacity uh, your thoughts on on the impact of the injury and the overall state of the of the Patriots right now
2: well as long as Tom Brady's at the helm you, you got to at least figure that, that that offense will be able to, to be a top 10 offense regardless you know obviously losing Gronk is an issue I think it obviously bumps up your Martellus Bennett shares if you had if you held on to him through the kind of leaner times earlier this season outside of that Cleveland game where he scored like three touchdowns um but to me the the big impact here is I would say like the the kind of tertiary options and we started to see uh them sort of sort of start to uh kind of pop up out of nowhere last week with Malcolm Mitchell getting into the end zone twice. And for me, that that was enough for me to go hard after him in most of my deeper leagues, uh, my 14-team and 16-team leagues, and so on, because... I mean, in a 10-team league, you probably don't need a, a guy like Malcolm Mitchell, but I think he's, he's definitely worth a lottery ticket. I think he could—it seems like Tom Brady does have a rapport with him, and he, now that he's healthy, I think that he's a guy that I, I would target uh, here.
1: You know, I echo your sentiments and uh, include a look at the running back situation. They've got a three-headed monster there, and uh, certainly I'm still hoping that Blunt carries the load because I've got him in my Vegas league and a couple of other leagues that I— that have inserted him but now he's got competition with two other guys that vying for snaps and they're going to get more of a running game going emphasizing that instead of the passing game this particular weekend as well so I look for that mix to be front and center in uh, fan plays for uh, uh, people that like the, the Patriots uh, lineup been saying for a while uh, that Jason Cu- Jay Cutler is not my cup of tea uh, John uh, he's out for the rest of the season though in Chicago and that's a big blow for the Bears what happens to the Chicago quarterback situation both short-term and long-term they've pinned their hopes on this guy for a while really hasn't delivered the goods in my estimation does, does it also take the Bears receiver out of fan play for the balance of the season for you
2: I, I think the, ba- the Bears uh, receivers have kind of been out for for me for for a little while I traded my one Alshon Jeffrey share that I had Obviously, Zach Miller going down hurts. Uh, I guess Marcus Wilson uh, seems to be a guy that 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 could be uh, you know a, a nice addition for for your season-long leagues later on in the season, uh, starting this week. It, but you know we got Matt Barkley under center now. He's not a long-term. Uh, option. Uh, obviously, Brian Hoyer, who's on IR, he's not, he's not the future of that franchise either. I think they, the divorce with Jay Cutler is coming. I think it could happen as soon as this offseason. It seems like they're just kind of done with him. So I definitely see the Bears going uh, going for a quarterback early in this year's draft.
1: Maybe they'd make a trade with the Cowboys for Tony Romo, too. <laughs> Who knows? That'd be kind of interesting. Who knows? But they, they
2: have so many other problems. You'd want Romo to land somewhere where he can win now.
1: Yeah, I think that, that, that looks like it could be Denver, if I can say that parenthetically. I think that'd be a great landing spot for him. Absolutely. He'd gone the veteran route before with some success, but that guy, uh, Peyton. Oh, Dwayne, you don't, don't say. Something or other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I remember that. Yeah. Uh, And speaking of Denver, what about the the expectations for Paxton Lynch in his Denver debut? It looks like he's going to get a shot to play.
2: Uh, My expectations are pretty low. It's not that I I don't think that Paxton Lynch can't be good down the line. I just think that uh, he was always going to be a project this season, Uh, just coming out of a Memphis system that is, you know, very much your prototypical college spread out offense and Denver obviously runs about as pro-style of a pro-style offense as you're going to see, so there's the learning curve there, and there's just the learning curve of of Lynch being able to play within the pocket and play within himself and develop the rapport with the receivers that you'd like to see. So I would imagine uh, Denver's going to try to kind of take the ball out of his hands as much as possible, try to keep it on the ground, keep, keep the throws short to the line of scrimmage, Um, really just to try to limit his exposure to to making the big downfield plays. So I'm a little bit worried if I have some Denver receivers going this week and I'm like on the bubble for the playoffs.
1: And then speaking of the playoffs, it looks like a team that hasn't been in them for a long time is going to be there for sure, and that's the the Raiders. I can't believe that they've made such a quick turnaround, and it's good to see a team that, that has been out of the running for so long back in the picture. How do you feel about their resurgence?
2: It's been great. I think it's good for football. And, you know, that's a that's a city and a town that's been, you know, starved of, of football excellence since the days of Rich Gannon. So so being able to see, uh, they, they go ahead and they get a guy like Khalil Mack, who's just such a game wrecker on the defensive side of the ball. Then they get, you know, the future of their franchise at quarterback in the second or third round there in Derek Carr. Uh, I think that was just an incredible draft that clearly has set them up for for years to come. Both of those guys are franchise players. Amari Cooper is excellent. Uh, guy, a guy like Michael Crabtree, very savvy addition there. So I really enjoy this Raiders resurgence. It seems like they're they're a pretty balanced team. And you know, when you have a good quarterback, and I think you can't argue that Derek Carr isn't at this, at this point, point you, you're, you're always going to have, have a chance. chance so, so I really like, like the, the direction that the Raiders are, are moving and in. I also, also like Del Rio, Del Rio as a coach.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you right across the board. Del Rio, too, is kind of an old school guy, a guy that really knows how to motivate his squad. And, and he was a former player of some, uh, with a solid reputation, knows how to win. And he brought all that to, to the Raiders situation and, and a full march to him and, and the staff for bringing this team to, to the precipice of the playoffs. And I'll be interested yes. to see how they go. And, I hope, I they, hope met. they might It'd be fun to call see them against the Patriots at some point. I think that'd be a lot of fun to watch that tilt.
2: Yeah, I think some people are starting to think that that, that could be a thing that, that, that goes down in January.
1: Yeah. Uh, let's take a look at the, the uh, as we said in the opening, we're going to take a look at the kickers that are on the board. John, there's only a couple of guys that are over that 5,000 mark, including a guy that you know a little bit about in the Baltimore circumstance. He can kick them from the moon, it seems, with Chuck Tucker. And he's at the top of the board. He's averaged 11 points per week. Are you on him or Matt Bryant at all in any of your leagues this week?
2: The way that I set up my lineup, I really didn't have enough to, to go for an expensive kicker like Tucker, but obviously if you can afford him, then just do it because, I mean, he's a lock. He, what else can you say? He's, he's a guy that, you know, if the Ravens get to the 40 yard line, which they, they might be able to do a few times, hopefully, um, they, 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 and their drive will stall out as, as usual. Then you're going to get Tucker with with those 50-yard field goals that give you so many points. Uh, so I, I don't see how you can't use them if you have 5200 left over. You got to go for Tucker there. But if you don't, and FanDuel, the way that the slate shook out, at least in uh, in my opinion, uh, I had to go for a cheaper option to kicker.
1: Well, and I'm surprised that Goskowski wasn't at the top of, the list of this list. Quite frankly, he tops the group that we we'll want to take a look at next with you from 4900. Down to say $4,600 with Mason Crosby. Who do you like in that range? I already tipped my hand that I say I like the New England kicker a lot in this particular
2: range. Uh, I mean, uh, obviously, Goskowski's always a great pick, but I think I like Hopkins a little bit this week, the Washington kicker, checking in at $4,700. Uh, he's going to have clean conditions, which you can't say about a lot of these kickers uh, this week at this point of the season. You know, we're into December now, but he's going to be in Arizona. And Washington's offense has been clicking. They'll they'll be well-rested coming off of a Thanksgiving Day game. And I think that that Arizona defense is good enough to to slow them down a little bit. So I foresee some more field goal chances than usual from Hopkins. And Hopkins is averaging uh, close to 10 points per game. So he's a nice value here. Uh, I really wouldn't mind using him. And then if you need to go uh, minimum price, I do like... Phil Dawson, the, the 49ers have been playing a little bit better lately. Uh, they're going against the Bears, so I could see some scoring chances there. And even though Dawson is about as old as dirt, uh, the guy can still kick field goals.
1: Well, and, and I'm going to be focused a lot in today's show about uh, on one game, John, and that's the matchup between the Lions and the, the Saints. This is going to be a shootout that features two high-octane offenses and two terrible defenses, so I think the ball's going to go up and down the field. I think Will Lutz of the Saints and Matt Prater of the Lions are going to be on the field a lot, and uh, I'd, I'd be happy with either one of these guys, so and one of them did make it as my kicker choice of the day. I'll tell you up front, it's Will Lutz that I'm going for. Who do you like in terms of the kickers on the board today? John? Oh, I, I like Hopkins
2: and I like Dawson.
1: Alright, so that, those, one of those guys going to go into your lineup, so let's go on then with... Uh, The note that we always give a nod to our friends at FanDuel. Fantasy football fans have all the victory every Sunday with FanDuel. Fantasy football for everyday fans. There's new contests starting every week. No busted seasons. Just pick a contest, choose a team, and watch your score in real time. They're new this year. There's been an upgraded experience. Get even more contest variety. Try beginner contests for new players only. Settle a score with a friend in a head-to-head deal. Try a 50-50 contest where the top half win cash. Play in larger tournaments for even more excitement play it for as low as a dollar, where there's choices for every budget. Uh, you know, I've enjoyed it all, all year long. We've had a lot of fun, uh, John, with our Rotowire Vegas League, and uh, certainly we're headed to the stretch there, and the playoffs are right around the corner for, for us. Uh, I'm, I'm safely in there. I hope you get in. You've got a tussle. Uh, what say you about your chances?
2: I think um, I'm right on the bubble with, I believe, Scott dad, uh who brought home the bacon big time it, it, earlier in the season he, he cashed huge on, on FanDuel here but as far as our Vegas league is concerned I'm, I'm right there with him uh, but I started Stefan Diggs last night he was coming back from injury and it didn't go particularly well so I'm a little bit behind the eight ball I need a big score for my other guys this week in order to uh, thrust myself into the top six and get into the playoffs here so we'll see how it shakes out but I do have Antonio Brown so there's always a, a chance that you, that you can put up a big score as long as he's in your lineup.
1: That's right, and I was let down last week in my season long by a couple of guys that I lean on in my Vegas league, and that's the running backs, Blunt and uh, Gordon. Uh, they both had very subpar weeks last week, and it cost me a game, and now I'm a game out of first place, but I hope to bounce back, and I, uh, the night that I got from Dez has got me off to a good start this week. There you go. So we're, we're pinning our hopes and hoping that I can... Collect some money for finishing first. Uh, I've made the playoffs each of the four years that i in with this, this re- Vegas League, so I'm pretty excited about that to continuing. Hope, you, Hope make you make it too, pal. And with that, we invite, people to, we invite people to play in the Rotowire Championship by going to fanduel.com slash rotowire hyphen championship. Uh, well, let's you know, hoping that we both advance. The bottom line is, we're having a lot of fun with Rotowire, Everwire, uh, and Fanduel's a- allegiance, and we hope that you do too. And we remind you to have all the fun that fantasy football has to offer. Fanduel, a place where you can be sports rich for sure. There's a special offer for new users, John. Too, they get a free six-month subscription from Rotowire, with a $10 deposit on FanDuel, go to fanduel.com slash rw. Not only will you get the free subscription, but you'll have that $10 available to play with on FanDuel as well. That's over $40 in value for just 10 bucks. That's a fabulous deal. Go to fanduel.com slash rw. Okay, John, it's time for the rest of the FanDuel lineups. Your quarterback. Uh,
2: this one is, is pretty chalky, but I'm I'm going to lock it in anyway. I think this is this is too good a play to avoid here. So I'm going to go with Drew Brees, checking in at 9,300, most expensive guy on the board. And I think that, that that might turn some people off. But I think this is absolutely a game that all the DFS players, like you said, are going to be targeting this week. So it might not be the best GPP play uh, because of his high ownership. But in cash games, I don't see how you can avoid getting several shares of this game. I think Breeze is a guy where he's such a lock, especially at home. I mean, the guy's first in the league in yards, first in touchdowns. He's at home in, in the Superdome uh, where he torched a far more respectable uh, Rams defense last week for, for almost 50 points there. So, uh, you know, he put up uh, 32 fan duel points, but the, the Saints almost put up 50. So I think that this is a case where he's going against Detroit who ranks 32nd in the league by the DVOA metrics. So, I mean, it's just such a no brainer. It's such a nice play. Find a way to, to fit other players into your lineup and to differentiate yourself elsewhere. But I think starting off with Breeze is a
1: really good way of going about it. And I do like
2: Kaepernick in GPP formats. He's been playing a little bit better lately and I like the matchup against the Bears.
1: Nice calls in both cases. I'm taking the other side of that equation with Matt Stafford against the Saints. Saving a $1,000 on your Breeze pick, but I, would, I was looking at both those guys first and foremost, I admit, as well. As I said with my kicker pick, I focused on this mismatch of offenses versus defenses, and that's what attracted me to picking the, the lesser of uh, the two expensive quarterbacks in this case. Stafford, maybe a $1,000 cheaper than Breeze, but I have every reason to believe that he will be just as productive in this game as his veteran counterpart. He hasn't reached the 300-yard passing mark in since very early in the season, which was a surprise to me when I looked into this. But this matchup screams uh, a big day for him, and I expect a big fan bill to point total from, from both quarterbacks, and I'll happily take the other side of the equation that, that you uh, chose first. So with that, John, give me your running backs. You've gotta pick two of them here, bud.
2: All right, I'm, for mine, I'm, I'm actually paying up for my running backs a little bit more than I was anticipating when I was looking at, at this week's slate earlier in the week. Uh, I'm gonna start off with LaShawn McCoy. Uh, He's 8400 so definitely a pricier option there, one of, the, one of the top five most expensive running backs on the slate this week. Uh, but Oakland is 27th against the run in DBOA. and we're looking at a team where, yes, Khalil Mack is terrifying, but one guy can't really make up for the deficiencies you have elsewhere. So I imagine Buffalo's going to be trying to run the ball run it away from Mac as much as possible, and I think they're going to, like I said, they're going to be running the ball because they, they want to mitigate Mac's uh, impact as a pass rusher, so I think that McCoy's going to get a lot of volume, and he showed last week that he's healthy. I think he's a lot to, to get into the mid-teens there, so that's doubling up your value. Uh, I think McCoy's definitely uh, a guy that you should consider for RB1, and then... RB2 here, Fre- Devontae Freeman checking in at 7,400. Uh, I, n- I understand that the prospect of going against Kansas City's defense can be a little bit daunting. Uh, that, you know, they definitely have made a name for themselves with with some really strong performances, and they looked really good last week, even considering some of those big plays that Simeon was able to put on them, I thought, for the most part, that Kansas City defense looked pretty strong, but I think the strength of that comes from, A, their pass rush, and B, their secondary, you know, guys like Justin Houston and Tom Bahalli coming off the edge, or Marcus Peters, Eric Berry in the secondary, I don't really think that their run defense is all that good, it actually ranks, you know, right around the middle, so it's nothing to really avoid. then you're looking at a guy like Freeman, 7,400. He's a guy that easily could be 8,000. And we're starting to see him kind of carve out a two-thirds market share of the running back touches out of the Atlanta backfield. So I I look for a good amount of volume there. I see some, some pass catching upside here. I think he's, you know, if you're worried about Tevin Coleman vulturing, I really wouldn't be this week. It looks like Freeman is kind of becoming the clear number one there, more so than he was earlier in the year.
1: You know what, John? I love both of these picks that you made. Both guys are the feature backs in the backfield. I agree with your sentiment that Freeman will be the guy that gets featured again against Kansas City this week, and they both catch balls out of the backfield. So why not pay up a little bit more for them? In fact, I had Freeman as one of my RBs, uh, but I, ch- I chose the opposite number again in that matchup with Spencer where for For Kansas Kansas City at 7,400 as well. He's been steadily improving his productivity, which peaked against the tough Broncos D last week, which was a surprise and revelation for me. This Sunday, he gets a much easier matchup against the Falcons D that's ranked 27th in the league, and in addition to his role as the lead guy in the Chiefs' ground game, I expect him to be a factor in the Kansas City passing game where the Falcons rank last in the entire league, which, again, was a surprising stat for me, so I expect Ware to get a lot of touches, both through the air and on the ground. Should be good value for 7,400. And then finally, I'm going to give... Blunt, one more shot for New England. I mentioned about a three-headed monster in the running game for, for the, the Patriots, but I think they're going to face a less imposing pass offense, uh, and they, su- they suffer the loss of Gronkowski, but that tells me they'll return to their early season emphasis in the running game, and that should mean a steady dose of Blunt against a defense that's vulnerable to the rushing attack. And I know the Patriots have that three-pronged running game of late, but Blunt will be worth his play for his anticipated red zone workload alone in this tilt. So I'll be happy to spend the $6,600, hope he gets into the end zone at least once or twice. John, your, your wide receivers? Uh, before I get
2: into mine, uh, just to echo your, your blunt pick, I, I really like that one, especially because you gotta figure, you know, the Patriots are, are 13 point favorites, maybe 13 and a half point favorites, so you figure that they're gonna be playing with a lead, which means more carries, and, and, and that means He's he's more of the prototypical running back out of the New England backfield. And, you know, basically, as long as Belichick doesn't kind of rain his fury on Jeff Fisher for whatever reason and kind of run up the score, I think that we're going to see a lot of uh, blunt carries late in the game when the defense is worn out. And that that obviously means scoring chances there. So I like that blunt pick a lot. I'm going to have him uh, in different lineups as well. Uh, But as far as my receivers go, uh, I'm going back to the well here. Uh, Brandon Cooks torched basically everybody last week with his goose egg, but he's he's down to sixty eight hundred now and you know, I'm picking Breeze as my quarterback. I gotta have at least one of his receivers in my opinion. So uh going going after Cooks when when there there are, you know, there are other options in that Saints offense that are probably more appealing that have more uh, momentum behind them, but, but Cooks kind of has that Deshaun Jackson vintage style where he doesn't need a ton of volume in order to put up his big numbers. He's a guy that, you know, he can he can hit value for you on two to three uh, big plays and he certainly has that ability. And that's especially important when the Saints' offense has so many mouths to feed with guys like Michael Thomas coming on, Willie Sneed, and so on and so forth. So I think Cooks is a guy that I'm going to buy back in on, uh, especially when everyone else is trying to avoid him. Uh, second second wide receiver, I like Jarvis Landry, 6,400. Uh, I just like the volume. volume. I think that his kind of style is going to work well against the Ravens, especially if Jimmy Smith is out. I think that secondary is a lot worse uh, if Jimmy Smith is out. So really keep an eye on that Sunday morning injury reports. But if Smith is out, then I really like Landry uh, to have a high catch volume uh, with, with some big play potential mixed in there as well a little bit. And then my third pick would be Malcolm Mitchell. 5,600. So this is a cap relief play uh, because, you know, some of my other picks are pretty expensive here. But, you know, I think he's he's obviously uh, developed a, the rapport with Brady, like I mentioned earlier. I think his target volume is only going to go up now that now that Gronk is out. I, I really think that uh, this is a week where, where Mitchell might be able to find the end zone once again here and definitely uh, be worth just the 5,600.
1: You know what? As much as I like to rip on the Patriots when they're their weekend yeah, we I, I, I echo, echo your, your sentiment, sentiment there about Mitchell I, I think that's a typical call that we see from this team every year where they bring somebody out of nowhere to be a factor we saw a hey bit he's or, not out of
2: nowhere he went to Georgia <laughs>
1: <laughs> well I mean in terms of fantasy play this year I, yeah. I mean earlier the year we heard we heard a little bit of the news about uh, Chris H- Hogan's touches and so on and he he had a couple of good games too so they just keep fighting these guys and turning them out and uh, it's no surprise that you would pick a guy like this in a situation like that. It makes good sense to me because of the Gronk absence. They've got to move the ball around to other people and they'll find a new face in the lineup this week with Mitchell and, and I, I'm sure he's going to get some touches for sure. And uh, I got three uh, wide receiver plays myself that I, I went about this in a little bit different way. I tried to look at... Uh, uh, top receivers who were facing bottom-tier defenses this week. I wasn't too concerned about partnering up with my quarterback. I sacrificed that a little bit to, to fit these guys in. The top guy that I picked was uh, Evans in Tampa Bay. Uh, he's $8,500 in my three. Uh, you know, he leads the all wideouts, John, with 10 touchdowns and has already topped 1,000 yards through the air, ranking uh, as the third most expensive pass catcher on this week's FanDuel board on merit. I think he also leads the league in targets. Uh, The Chargers rank 26th against the pass. This is definitely looking like a great spot to pay big bucks for a quality player, in my opinion. And then, you know that I'm a Larry Fitzgerald fan. The Cards are against Washington this week. $7,000 is the price tag. His targets, though, have been down to single digits over the last two weeks after a streak where he was in double digits for about four or five weeks in a row. But I think the Cards will use the veteran possession extending receiver more this week as part of an effort to get more of a ball control approach going against Uh, Washington to keep keep their their prolific offense offense on the sideline for as long as as possible. Uh, He he has a good chance to to get a big big game under his belt against against that 25th-ranked defense defense as well. I like that uh, factor. And then I'm going into that game that we highlighted a little bit, uh, picking the other side of it one time with Michael Thomas and the Saints uh, versus Detroit for $6,900. I think this is an incredibly low-priced tag given the matchup. And I I circle back to the fact that I anticipate this is going to be a big-time shootout taking, a, uh, and I want to take a piece of that high-octane Saints offense here with Thomas, who's coming off a nine-catch effort on ten targets last week that included two TDs and over 100 yards. That outputs well within reach again against this ordinary defense, in my opinion, John. Yeah,
2: I love, I love the Thomas pick. You know, obviously a big big in on the Saints this week. Thomas is a guy I really like coming out of college, and it's been really nice to see him finally find his role in, in that Saints offense, because you know, if you get a receiver that, that's able to kind of uh, jive with Drew Brees and you know it's going to pay off and it's really starting to big time for Thomas.
1: Yeah, so that's going to be a shootout. I'll tune it in for sure. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, that Your tight end to round out your uh, your, uh, your team here, John.
2: Uh, I'm going to go with Travis Kelsey of the Chiefs here. I mean, the, the Falcons defense just isn't particularly imposing to me and Kel- Kelsey... You know, the, the tight end in an Andy Reid offense, let alone an offense run by Alex Smith, is always going to be heavily involved. So it, you you figured that he has a really nice floor. So this really is more about a cash game consideration. I think Kelsey's just a very safe play this week. Uh, but if you want to get a little bit funky, uh, maybe buy back in on Eric Ebron, you know, going back to that Saints-Lions game here. Because I know Ebron, myself included, burned a lot of people last week on, on the Thanksgiving slate. But I think that, you know, he's a guy that, that should be due for a bounce back this week. I don't anticipate him uh, putting up zeros in back-to-back weeks.
1: Yeah, I've hear, heard a lot of other predictions touting him as a big play this week. I think he's going to be very highly owned. I I'm, went I'm a bit of a safer route, too. I got a good look at this guy in Tampa. Watched a couple of their games on TV. Cameron Brait for the, for the Buccaneers against San Diego. Again, uh, talking about that defense that's not one of the best in the league by far. Brait's price tag comes in at 5500 John He's been a very consistent part of this offense, averaging over five targets a week and is tied for second among all tight ends with five scores this year. So you can, you can tell he's a red zone emphasis for them. And I have already highlighted the vol- vulnerability of that Chargers defense and have, after having trouble finding a tight end this week whom I could really trust, I finally settled on this young buck and I think I'll be rewarded quite nicely for that price tag. Agreed. We'll go to the defensive side of the ball now. John, to close it out, who do you like for your defense this week?
2: I like Miami's defense here. They're, they're at 4,400. I had to scrounge for, for one of the lower-priced options, but I, I like the matchup here because Baltimore's offense just frankly isn't explosive. You're not worried about them putting up you know, anything more than maybe 24 points tops. And you figure Flacco's due for an interception or two. There, there, there could be a fumble here or there because they do have a very nice pass rush, especially Cameron Wake. Uh, he's, a, he's a guy that, that could abuse uh, the Ravens kind of banged up left side of the line there. So I, I look for for the Miami defense to potentially create some turnovers and keep the score pretty low here. So I think that if you have to go for a lower-priced lower, lower price defense, Miami would be my pick here.
1: Well, and I'm going to counter with Denver. I, I had the opportunity to pay up because I saved some money elsewhere, and this is a, this is a game that uh, should be a no-brainer for, for you if you can afford to fit the Broncos' defense in. I'm paying I up to get, get the only defense, defense that's averaged double figures in Fanduel points this year, John. On. Figuring that they'll, they'll make, make life miserable for Blake Bortles and the two and nine Jaguars, who are, who are two and, and two and nine on merit. That's a bad, bad team, and Denver's going to beat the hell out of them, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, John, what about your? Tell us about your fantasy your fantasy pod that covers the college football games. You guys do a great job there, you and Mario Puig. Uh, what are you looking for in the next couple of weeks? I know where the serious shooting starts there as well.
2: Yes, uh, this is actually today is actually the start of Championship Week, and as as you can see, I got my row the boat shirt on, which is in support of Western Michigan. Uh, one of our one of our good colleagues, Mike G. Uh, he's a proud Western Michigan alum, so he's been having fun all year. They're playing in the MAC Championship this week. So this week on the pod, we we took a look at that game. Uh, we looked at pretty much every conference championship game, and then both the Big T- Big 12 ones, We we took a look at sort of the. The coaching carousel that's already started moving in the college landscape, obviously Texas, Oregon, uh, you know, Texas going after Tom Herman after firing Charlie Strong after just three really disappointing seasons. I think the Oregon uh, Oregon firing is, is definitely an interesting one. We'll have to keep an eye on who becomes a candidate there. I think we could also see a job opening at Notre Dame because Brian Kelly uh, really kind of pushed it to the limit on, on how much Notre Dame fans can tolerate. That was just a, an abysmal 4-8 and eight season for the Irish.
1: Brutal. I mean, that's, that's horrible. I know a lot of people around here are big Notre Dame fans, and I count myself among them for what it's worth, and it was really a lost cause very early on this year. So, but I want to give a nod to Mike G., who's a real favorite of mine at wire. He obviously gave you the shirt off his back this week, so kudos to him. He did. <laughs> and, John, who's your play of the day this week, this week?
2: this might, might be, be shocking from what we've talked about for the entire podcast but got to go with drew Brees here i mean I, I think that there's just no other way around it i really like his upside i mean he's about as safe as a play as you're going to get so you love the floor as well going against that defense like i said i need to reiterate is 32nd against the pass according to dvoa so i think this is is something where you you if you're making multiple lineups multiple cash lineups multiple gpp lineups You've got to have him somewhere. You've got to have several shares of Drew Brees this week. He's, he's going to go off.
1: And for my part, uh, I'll substitute Matthew Stafford, and everything that you said applies to him as well, including the weak defense that he's going to be opposing. I'm counting on the expectation of a shootout against Brees, bringing out the best in him during this contest. So... Uh, both of them are going to be among the highest scoring players this week. There's no question in my mind. And it could be one of those 50 to 47 games that I, I really love to watch. So I have no horse in the race. I just want to sit back and see a lot of scoring there. Yeah, it might be,
2: it might be the equivalent of last year's Saints-Giants game, if you right. remember that one, yep. where it where was just a scoring bonanza.
1: Yeah, I'm counting on it, John, and uh, I'll have a lot of fun watching it. It's kind of neat for me this weekend as the Cowboys game is already out of the way, so I can be a little more dispatch- passionate about watching the games. And... Uh, I'll look forward to the, the high scoring contest. I'm not going to waste my time on any defensive struggles when I look around. Yes, sir. So there we go. There you have it for another week for John McKechnie, who you can follow at Johnny McKechnie. I'm Paul Bruno, reminding you to follow me at Statsman22. We wish you good luck with your FanDuel picks. Come back to listen to our pods on a daily basis to get an edge on the competition. So long, everybody.